Well, here we are back again on the air with you. It's been a really nice break, but I've really missed everybody. So we're back again to talk to you. And again, this morning, or just for today, I shouldn't just say this morning, we've got Pastor King James. <laughs> My goodness, that's a mouthful, isn't it? It's you always for you, what? King, King James? <laughs> yes, we've got King James in the studio today, so listen up, people. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I've picked up something from, it's from Heather, actually, who, oh, no, it's not, it's from Eddie Rowland. Eddie is, um, I mention him often because he writes some lovely encouragements. And just recently, because of all the, the trouble that they've had out, in the, out there in Australia with the fires and other places, I know that the Lord said that the next time he destroys the world, it won't be by water, but it would be by fire next time. And I think that people are just sometimes not getting the glory of God and what he means when he says that. But this scripture is coming from Job, and he's entitled this, There is a hope for a tree. Mm. Job 14, verses 7 and 9, he's used the... New King James Version. For there is hope for a tree, it is cut down, and it will sprout again, and that its tender shoots will not cease, though its root may grow old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground. Yet at the the scent of water it will bud, and bring forth branches like a plant. I can bear witness to that, because... We cut down, we, Jeff cut down a willow tree (laughs) in our garden. We. uh, There were big chunks. I mean, it was huge, which would have made nice tables or things like that. Well, I'm glad we didn't make it into a table because we left them stacked out in the garden. Some some of them were separate. And, you know, after a very short time, do you know it, it produced shoots? green shoots which actually grew and that willow tree would have grown it wasn't even planted in the ground absolutely mm. and I was amazed well Job then was in a, st- a state of despair and this, this is where your know, life sort of springs up mm. when you think it's all not going to his life had been almost totally wrecked everything he had his wealth his health his children had been snatched away and I think there, you know, of the king, of, of all the, the, the refugees that we've got mm. around. And all he had left was a sarcastic, grumbling wife and three friends whose so-called comfort was questionable and served only to make him feel worse. Painful boils covered his entire body. He felt as though his life was at an end. And he compares the hope a tree has to sprout again mm. with his own desperate situation in the in the heart of all of that so reading on in in that particular chapter we get the impression that job puts more hope in the life of a tree being restored than his own however his story finishes on a positive note and his life like the cut down tree sprouted again chapter 42 verse 12 records Now, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job Mm. more than his beginning. Mm. I was moved recently with the... Ed writes, I I was moved recently with the news and picture of how 
in the blackened and charred forests of Australia, new growth is taking place. Fresh shoots are sprouting from the ground that has been devastated by raging fires. Mm. Although we cannot minimise the distress the fires have caused to those who have lost homes and possessions, the trees that are sending out new shoots already are a picture of new life and new hope. In our walk as disciples of Jesus Christ, we will face storms and, as Peter puts it, be grieved by various trials. Mm. 1 Peter verse 6, I think that is. We may at times even dry, uh, become dry and discouraged, but waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched land shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. Mm. Isaiah 35 verse 7 refers. Mm. Praise God that in Christ we have his promise and assurance for now and for the future. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Mm. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Mm. Isaiah 43 verse 2. There is certainly a fresh breeze blowing on us, carrying with it the scent of water. Let's lift our heads, our hands and our hearts and look to God for showers of blessing that will refresh our vision and result in new growth. Be blessed as we grow together. You know, it speaks of the glory of God, doesn't it? It it does, all over. Because sometimes, my, my concern is that sometimes when people talk about the glory of God, what does that mean? What does it mean? Well, how, how does God receive glory? There's so many places in the Bible where the Bible talks about how God received glory, especially here on earth. But if you look at it, most, most times people think about the glory of God and they think of something beyond us and outside us. Um, but actually, in that text you read, God was glorified in the sense that the life of Job was restored. That's what brings God glory. The whole situation brought God glory. The whole, uh, um, in, in the context of what you just read, the Job situation, you find that the Job being restored had double portion of everything, brought God glory. Let's not forget how the whole situation even started in the first place. That's right. It was someone questioning God's glory in the life of Job. Mm. That was the, the 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 enemy of God, of course, Satan here coming to question that Job doesn't actually love you. He doesn't really mean well for you. He actually will not glorify you. If you take away his life, he will not glorify you. So you see, God's glory is not something beyond us. And what well, it can't be beyond us. But here on earth, majority of God's glory is seen through us. People don't think about glory this way. And I have scriptures to, to share. Right, I have lots of scriptures to explain this. Um, this is why I, I call or I call you, me, all of us who are in Christ, who believe in God and who work with God, I call us glory reflectors. Yes. We reflect God's glory. We yeah. actually are the ones that people should say and say, you know what? God is good. You know what? I see Iris. And I know there is a God somewhere. Mm. That is how God. That's how God's glory 
is shown on earth. But uh, let me know, enough of me, let's just have some authority in what I'm saying, which is the scriptures. Look at what the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to start there. There's lots of scriptures and we might not have enough time to squeeze it all in. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18, Paul is writing. He says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God, of the Lord, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Let's read that again. All of us who have had that veil, which veil is he talking about? He was referring to Moses here. He was saying, you know, when the time of Moses, the people had a veil that Moses... When he, could, when he what, in the glory of God. And yes, shot. and then they had to put a veil oh. in his face. People couldn't look at the glory of God. So they, Moses, had the, Moses had to wear a veil. But in Christ, Paul is saying to us that all of us now, that veil is removed. Now we can see God's glory in Christ and we can reflect it. Yes. That's what he's saying here. So he's saying we, that veil is being removed. So that we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more. In other words, as we behold God, as we're walking with God, as we're getting closer to Him in our nature, our habits and all of that. What we're doing is that we're seeing His glory and we are reflecting that glory. He says, as we are changed into His glorious image. In the King James Version, he said it this way. But we all, with unveiled faces... Some old timers would like it this way. <laughs> you know, it feels better when you read old. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm an NLT reader. I read it because. Oh, I I know. Do you know? You just brought a picture back to my mind. <laughs> when I was young, I remember my aunties and anybody in church would wear these hats with a veil, veil. and they were always dark. Exactly. Now, I wonder why they did that. <laughs> So he says, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from, from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord, just by, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It sounds all gobbledygook. <laughs> no, it sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, if you're a young person, it's like gobbledygook, you don't understand it. That's why personally, I, as a pastor, I teach with NLT even though I was brought up with the King James Version and the old King James. So anyway, moving on. That's not the point. <laughs> That's not the point. What is the glory of the Lord? How do we, what does that mean? Habakkuk talks about it a little bit. He says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, he says, For as the water fills the sea, you know this one as well, yeah, the whole earth will be filled with the or our awareness of the glory of God. As the water covers the sea, the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. We're seeing that now in this day and age. Thank you. So what does that mean? So people might be saying, I've heard people sometimes they say, you know what we need? They, sometimes when people are in church, they say, you know what we need? What we need is the glory of God. We need the glory of God. I say, okay, fine. What does that mean? It doesn't mean God showing up in the sky. Does it mean, what does that mean? How do you know that you've seen the glory of God? Sometimes those people have this, you know, something floating in the air kind of glory of God, not knowing that the glory of God is already here and now and oh, operating yes. within us and through yes. us. 
and now show us further. Bear with me if you're listening. <laughs> Isaiah 60 mentioned this. Isaiah 60. I'm reading favorite scriptures that we all know very well. Isaiah 60 verse 2. Darkness as black as night covers the whole, the, all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord will rise and appear oh, over you. Wow. This is, yeah. arise and shine for the glory of the Lord it's upon you. It's upon you. <laughs> yeah. Darkness and dark, gross darkness will cover the wow. earth, but the glory of the Lord will come within you. Wow. Okay. So what does that mean? So we look at scriptures upon scriptures talking about the glory of the Lord will cover. It will rise within you. It's within you. It's within you. But let's keep going. Isaiah 58 verse 8. It says, Then for salvation will come like, like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. So what does that mean? Now let's look at the word glory according to dictionary. Glory is fame and admiration that you gain by doing something impressive. This is dictionary. Yes. Glory means the fame and admiration you win by doing something impressive. Let me pause before I go to number two of dictionary explanation. But let's explain the first one. This will be the same as saying that um, Usain Bolt has fame and admiration, isn't it? You know Usain yeah, Bolt, right, yeah. the runner. Yeah, yeah. The it's a, the Jamaican yeah. runner that won so many medals. Usain Bolt. He's become famous and mm. admired. Why? Because of the good things. He's achieved. So what you call that is actually glory. That's what dictionary is saying. It's that admiration you gained by what you achieved. Okay? Number two of that is a, a person's glory are the occasions when they have done something people greatly admire, which makes them famous. That's a person's glory. Okay, so we're, talk, we're defining glory, but that what we're talking about is the glory of God. So since we're talking about God and then we're talking about glory, so the glory of God will be the fame and admiration that God has gained for doing something great. So God gets the glory, not yeah. us. Yes, and I'm talking with since we're talking about the glory of God. That's right. So glory here mm-hmm. will be the admiration and fame that God gets. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. For doing something awesome. Mm-hmm. And one of those things that he has done that is awesome. Is that he saved us through Christ Jesus? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> is that he, that he sent his only begotten <laughs> son? Let's not even talk about the fact that he created the world, which people are debating. But at least we Christians, all three Christians, should know that God deserves the glory and he gets the fame and, for, and admiration that he deserves. Why? Because he loves us so much and he sent his only begotten son who died for us. Christ is famous. And admired all over the world. Why? And that is his glory for what he has done. He saved us. Okay, but that's just to say, to explain glory. Mm. We're going to go further. All right. um, The Bible refers to glory. That's dictionary explanation. Now let's look at the Bible. What does the Bible refer to glory? The Bible refers to glory as goodness or good. Something good, which is the opposite of evil. For example, in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 22, 24 to 20, 
7, he says, The nations will walk in his light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. So everyone will come into the city. We're talking about the new Jerusalem here. This is Revelation 21. Everyone will come in with their own glory. Okay. And it says, Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there there is no night there. 26, it says, And all nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Everyone is coming with their own fame and their own admiration and whatever they have done and they have they, they've done for Christ. But remember the Bible says somewhere, only what you do for Christ will last. Yeah. So what we achieved here on earth is what we're going to bring with them. But that's not the main point. It now says in, in verse 27, nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor any person who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. In other words, it's, it, it contrasts straight away the opposite of glory. It says they will come with their glory yeah. and nothing evil will be in it. In other words, the scripture here is trying to say to us that glory here is something good and nothing evil. So the Shekinah glory of God, it's, it's referred, the, the Hebrew would refer to it as the Shekinah uh, glory of God, wasn't it? Which places it as very special. Yeah. That's another thing I would definitely, if you have time to describe what does that mean. I'm only just trying to define, first of all, glory. 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 It's exciting. (laughs) Glory, and then we now attach God to it, the glory of God. Okay, so here's a question. What is the glory of God? In light of what I've just mentioned, the answer to that question is, the glory of the Lord is the goodness of God. The glory of the Lord, the the Lord is His goodness. What He has done that is good. Of course, God doesn't do anything that is bad, by the way. But what He has done that is good. In the same way, the glory of you, Pastor um, Iris, is the good things you have done that you have gained fame and admiration for, according to the dictionary. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. We will not equate glory to evil. For example, we will not say the glory of Hitler. Yes. No, he has yeah. that. You, you can use the word glory. You will say his shame and disgrace. Yes. And <laughs> because what he did was evil. Although he was famous, yeah. Hitler was famous and he killed all those Jewish people. But you can't equate the, you can't use the word glory. That's right. Because glory is a, a word f- that, that used for positive thing, not for yeah. something that is negative. So that's a good, important point. Yeah. Because glory is not just fame, and for, it's not just being famous, it's about being famous for doing the right thing. Yeah. Okay. So the glory of the Lord is the fame and his goodness, uh, is the goodness of the Lord. How do I say this? Look at Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verse, 20, verse 12 to 23. I might not be able to read all of that. <laughs> but let's just see what, I could, what we could touch. One day Moses said to the Lord, Have you, this is a discussion between Moses and the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. 
this is an interesting conversation between Moses and God. You have told me, I know you by name, and I look favorable on you. If it is true that you look favorable on me, tell me you, sorry, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation you is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. It is well. Mm. That's basically, that's what he's trying to say. Yeah. Don't worry. Everything is fine with you. Now here is what Moses said. Then Moses said to the Lord, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Mm. How will how will anyone know that you are you favorably on me, on your and on your people, if you don't go with us? So he's questioning. God. He's questioning he's God. God. Yes, yes. God already said that, but he's saying no, no, no. How would people know? That you really, really care about us. That you, all these things, your promises are really true. If you yeah. don't really come with us, f- then for your presence amongst us sets us, sets your people apart. Your presence sets your people and me apart from the other people. Let me just pause for a minute. That's a very important statement David um, Moses just made there. As, even in the time of the law, Moses said, it is your presence that makes us holy. Because the word here is set apart. Mm-hmm. Holiness means being set apart. Yeah. It's your presence that makes us holy. Not necessarily we become holy to come to God anyway. That's another that's subject right. altogether. Now here's what God then said. And then he said, please show me. Moses then becomes a specific. Please show me your glory. God, please show me your glory. And then he said, God said, I will make my goodness... He asked the question, mm. show me your glory. God said, I will make my goodness pass before you. Mm. And I will proclaim my name, the, the name of the Lord before you. And I, will glory, and I will be glorious to whom I will be glorious to. And I will be compassionate to whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, so I shall be, so it shall be. When my glory, so God is interf- using these two words together. Yes. When my glory passes by, I will put you in my in the cliff of the rock, in the cliff of the rock, and I will cover you with my hands, and I will pass by. God used Show me your glory. He says, my goodness is what is going to go past you. And when that my goodness, which he now calls again my glory, passes by, I will cover you with my hands. Yeah. This, I read all that. Sorry, guys, it's a long scripture. But just just to make it very clear, the glory of the Lord is the goodness of God. That's right. 
Okay, because sometimes people are saying, God, we want to see your glory. I see this in church sometimes when in revival meetings and things like that, Christians gather together. Let's pray for the glory of God to come down. And I'm thinking, are you saying God is not good anymore? If people understand that the goodness of God is already in existence in our life, we're seeing it on a daily basis. I'm seeing, you just shared a testimony earlier. Which, to me, that's the glory of God. That's right, because the glory of God is the actual presence, the manifest presence of God mm-hmm. operating around you, in front of you, whatever you do. Absolutely. It is the manifest presence of God. Absolutely. And that is the peace that people are looking for. And can't, because they can't see it, they don't understand it. Yeah, but the thing is that I think they are looking in the wrong place. Yeah. That's my main point, actually. Yeah. And I will show us quickly as we close. They are looking in the wrong places. The glory of God is not hiding anywhere. God is not hiding his glory from us. Mm. No, we, mm. we, we, we're praying and asking God, show us your glory, show us your glory. You and can't live if you were to look God in the face. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. It, the fact that I am alive is the glory of God. Right. Why? Because that's his goodness. Yeah. Okay. Two points to, to, to go home with today if you're listening to this. Number one. The glory of the Lord is revealed in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's number one. The glory of the Lord is revealed in Christ Jesus. Ezekiel talks about it. Revelation, the book of Revelation talks about it. Ezekiel in chapter 1 verse 26 says, Above, this is Ezekiel talking about Christ actually. It says, Above his surface, Above this surface was something that looked like the throne made in blue um, lapis lazuli. I think some sort of stones. Yeah, some stones. Forgive my pronunciation, guys. I have trouble with those. (laughs) This is my wife always tells me when you come to this place, just say big words, big words, and move on. (laughs) (laughs) Diamonds and sapphires and rubies, it's saying. And then it goes on to say, and on this throne. High above was a figure whose appearance resembles a man. He was talking about Jesus. He says, from that, from what appeared to be in his waist up, he looked like flaming amber, flickering like a, a fire. And from his waist down, he looked like a burning flame, shining with splendor. All around him was a glowing halo, like a like a rainbow shining in the clouds on a rainy day. Wow. This is what the glory of the Lord looks like to me. When I saw it, I fell down on the ground and I heard someone's voice speaking. So the glory of the Lord, according to Isaiah, Ezekiel, is revealed in Christ Jesus. Yes. Revelation chapter 21, like you read already, I, I, I think I mentioned earlier, it says, I saw... No temple in the city, for the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. Mm-hmm. And He says, and the city has no need for the sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. Yeah, Jesus is the glory of the Lord. Absolutely, and that's why when I say when people, that's why I said I said this earlier. You can't get any more glory from God than the fact that God sent his son, Jesus, yeah. on earth yeah. to die. And that was what Isaiah was referring to when he said, 
Arise and shine, O people of Israel, yeah. for the glory of the Lord is upon you. And it was, it's a messianic um, prophecy. Yeah. It was like the glory of the Lord is coming. God is going to come. He's going to live amongst you. Yeah. Darkness will cover the earth, but let God's light shine again because he's going to come within you. And he was referring to Christ as well yeah. and his light in us. So number one point is that the glory of the Lord is revealed in Christ Jesus. Mm. And the number two point, which is, I think, is the best. That's right. The best point, which is number two, is the glory of the Lord is already in us. Yes, that's right. If, if, I mean, if God says he is, he tells us that we are his temple. Thank you. Come on, if God, that means God is in here. Thank you. So when I, that's why I say, sometimes when people are praying, I go to revival meetings sometimes, and people are praying, God, send your glory, reveal your glory. And I'm saying, if only we understand that what that prayer means is that let your light shine through me because your glory is already in me. The glory of God is already in Christ and Christ is where? In us. So in other words, where God's glory, how God will reflect his glory is through us, not besides us. That's right. That's right. Not besides us. It's through us. It is by the way we live our life, how we reflect. And that's why I call this glory reflectors. It's how we affect the community, what we are doing in in our communities, how we getting involved with politics to help change things. Are we putting ourselves about to bring, to help the homeless, the poor, the needy? What are we doing? Are we even being nice to our parents, our loved ones? This is how the glory of the Lord will be revealed. I remember, you know, not so long ago in our church, praying just like that. Lord, I just felt sometimes we are glory carriers mm. as well. We are. That's what I'm saying. Because we take the glory in where it's not been, <laughs> mm. and it needs to be. And and I, I was, and I spent months crying out to God, and our our worship was growing to a tremendous crescendo. Mm. And on this particular occasion, I said, more, Lord, more, more. And, and I could feel the glory is weighty. Yeah. It falls on you. It's weighty, like yeah. ca- carrying this heavy cloak across your arms. Absolutely. And you can't put it down, you know, yeah. and uh, you don't want to. And as that glory rolled in, mm. I wanted everybody else. I wanted it to be on everybody. Mm. And God told me, turn around and look at the people. And I'm right in the front row. And I turned around and I just, and it made me cry. Oh. Everyone had both hands up and God was filling every one of them. And I said, yes, you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, was, what, that's what it is. That's right. the, we, we are look sometimes people, I, I have to be careful how, not to generalize too much. God forgive me. But sometimes some people are looking for this kind of things yeah, where it, it is not. The temple of God is no longer in any building. It is in us. That's and right. if Christ is the full image of God, Bible says he's the full image of the Godhead, the glory of God, everything was put in Christ. Yeah. And guess where Christ chose, chooses to live? It's in us. I'm going to read one more scripture as we close. Okay. John chapter 17. Jesus is not talking to us. He's talking to the Father. And this is what he said in verse 22. Father, I have given them the glory you gave me. Yeah. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one even as we are. I am in them and they are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them even as you love me. 
Father, I want this this whom you have given me to be with me wherever I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began. Amen. The glory of God is in is revealed in Christ Jesus. Amen. And the glory of God is already in us. So let us shine. And that's how the darkness will be dominated and covered by the glory of God, which is in us. Amen. Amen. And we're just going to leave it there again, haven't we? I think the glory is an amazing <laughs> subject. I could tell you some stories about that, and I will do one day. Absolutely. But we will be back. We must continue. We must wow. continue. Let's press on. <laughs> well, yeah. bye-bye, everybody. Bye, is- everyone. Yeah, I'm Pastor Iris and, and King James, definitely Pastor King James. <laughs> uh, we're just saying bye-bye for now. We'll bye be back soon. Cool.